Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am your host, Brandon Goldner, and I will not be with you today. However, in this episode, you're going to have Ryan and you're also going to have KJ. You may know him as Die Happy or at Playist underscore 4247. He is one of the co-hosts of the Blazers post-game spaces prevented, present, prevented by, presented by Hoop Spaces. It's the spaces that happen about 15 minutes after every game. Uh, with Sheriff of PDX, with Dia Miller. I am usually there. I've been having audio issues lately, though, but I was there last night, for example, uh, as the Blazers unfortunately lost yet again. And uh, I'll be real honest. The reason why I didn't join uh, this episode with with Ryan and KJ, who, by the way, is an awesome person. If you haven't checked out those uh, spaces on Twitter 15 minutes after every game, you should totally check them out, uh, is I've just not been as enthusiastic about the team as I normally am and rather than try to go in and pretend like I've been watching every minute of every game which is not true I thought I'd leave it to the experts Ryan and KJ so I'll tell you what I've not yet listened to the audio I'm about to edit it now but I did want to sneak an intro in here to say uh, if you haven't already please follow KJ again his handle is at playist underscore 4247 the other thing I wanted to throw out there and I'm going to do this next episode too uh, I need to give a shout out to a local business called Float On. Float On is a business that has um, uh, float tanks, which is something that I've been interested in doing and I've never done. Uh, They are um, tanks in which you go in and they're sanitized and they're clean water with a bunch of salt in them so that you float and you literally go into this room, a private room, turn out the lights and you float in this tank for 90 minutes it's a it's a pretty incredible experience which i have not yet experienced yet uh shout out to my fiance cassie who actually got a float um for her birthday and i'm going with her shout out to float on they are on hawthorne and the reason why i'm giving them a shout out is because i appreciate local businesses around portland and i also like to give props where i can with the small platform that we do have so if you're listening to this if you are a small business or you know of a small business who would perhaps like to get some shine on the show please let us know there's no investment or anything necessary i just i i feel like it's important like as, as easy as it is to buy stuff off of amazon or to you know I, I i mean i guess having an experience in a float tank is not something you can get off amazon i just been thinking more about how we should really be supporting our local businesses now and always and so i'm going to try to do a better job of that here on the show so check out float on and they're open 24 hours by the way which is pretty cool so all of that being said shout out to float on shout out to ryan shout out to kj they're coming at you right here i appreciate you all i'll be back at some point in the not too distant future until then uh go blazers go rip city and here are both ryan and kj All right, KJ, thank you for uh, for joining me and stepping into the shoes of uh, one Mr. Brandon Goldner. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, I- I'm doing well. Th- thank you very much for having me. Uh, not a problem, not a problem. Uh, so this has been 
I want to say a very interesting time in, in blazer land. Uh, I'm trying to remember back to when I've had these kind of uh, thoughts and feelings when I'm going about watching games or scheduling my day around or my days or evenings, I should say around games, but how has this season felt for you from the start of it and whatever optimism or pessimism you may have had to how you're feeling now? Yeah, no, this has definitely been uh, the roller coaster ride of the season. Um, uh, if you start with uh, where we ended last season, uh, Terry Stotts getting fired, uh, the whole Jason Kidd fiasco, followed by the full, the whole Chauncey Billups fiasco, followed by the whole Neil O'Shea fiasco. Uh, and there were some basketball games played in there as well. And, and so this has been uh, like a, a really intense uh, calendar year for Blazers fans. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't forget the, uh, the raging pandemic. I, uh, I, I subscribe to the, uh, the philosophy that the only undefeated team so far in all of professional sports leagues is COVID. Uh, it will, t- <laughs> it will probably take home all of the trophies. Uh, and, and there's nothing anybody can do about that. So the SBs this year are going to be boring. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, d- d- what, what did you, what were your expectations of the team coming into this year? Did, did you think that they were going to be, you know, fighting for a play in tournament spot? Did you think they were going to be, you know, kind of like a six seed or whatnot, or, or did you think, did you buy in at all to any of the uh, BS that Olshay had sold us that uh, this was, this was going to be a top tier team. So I was a huge Terry Stotts guy. Uh, for a number of years, uh, I've been saying, um, if you look at the preseason predict- predictions and you look at the end season results, year after year after year, roster after roster after roster, uh, Stotts was able to get more out of this team than anybody thought that they were likely to. Um, uh, and so I was pretty down um, uh, on the team after uh, Stotts got fired. And uh, I assumed that we're going to miss the playoffs. And that, uh, that's where we're coming in right now. Okay. I was, I was a little more, I was a little more happy. I, and, and I want to say like, I, I was a big Stotts fan, but I, I did subscribe to the theory that, you know, it, maybe his voice had kind of lost a little bit in the locker room and it had run its course and it was maybe time for a little bit of a change. I didn't go full on board with buying the Olshay Kool-Aid of that. It was, it was not a roster issue, but I did think that some of the moves that the team had made this year kind of added a little more balance. Um, are, are you surprised that some of these pieces aren't necessarily gelling as much as maybe they should on paper? Yeah. And and so I would agree, like, uh, on paper, this team should be better than it was last year. Um, uh, if you look at basically, uh, Larry Nance and Cody Zeller, uh, in place of Ennis Cantor and, uh, Mello, who were just God awful defensively. Uh, you would think that that would improve the Blazers' defense and uh, that would improve the Blazers' standings, but that that just hasn't pr- proven to be the case. Yeah, and you know, the, obviously, you know, Olshay bringing in Billups, and he had said, you know, he's. I think he had touted him as a defensive-minded coach, which is weird to say about somebody who hadn't necessarily coached a game <laughs> ever in his career. He was a, a defensive-minded player, but. Um, like, what do you make in this insistency of Billups to kind of stick with his plan of, you know, they're doing hard, hard shows, you know, up at the top of the key and whatnot. And do you think that he should maybe change his philosophy or, or his principles or, or whatnot, or stick the course and just kind of hope that for the future, uh, these principles and philosophies get drilled into these players' heads? <laughs> 
So I think that a good coach um, fits the strategy to the roster. Uh, and Johnson just hasn't shown the ability to do that. Um, I don't know. Did you see the Kevin Connor piece uh, a, a couple of m- months ago uh, before, before Neil got fired? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the breakdown there, and I'm not sure if the numbers have updated, but the, our record certainly hasn't gotten any better, is that basically um, uh, the Blazers are blitzing on pick and rolls more than any other team in the league. Uh, and they're also giving up more points on blitzes than any other team in the league. Uh, and the reasons for that is not hard to diagnose. Uh, Nurk is not a particularly mobile guy. He's not Bam. He's not Giannis. He, he's not comfortable chasing guys out there. It makes it hard for him to get back into the play and defend the room if he needs to. And also the, the guards that we have uh, are given up a good four or five, six inches. And um, uh, I think that that has a lot to do with our opponent, our opponent three point percentage this year, which is uh, the worst of our many, many defensive flows. Yeah. And it, it's kind of weird too. to, I, I remember last year when we were all waiting for Nurk to come back and we're, you know, bottom, bottom tier and in, in defense and whatnot. We're like, well, when Nurk, when Nurk gets back, he will anchor our defense. He will lift us up. And so it, it's weird to see him uh, so kind of involved in everything, but it just absolutely cratering off the edge. Um, one other quick question that I'm curious about, because, you know, during, during the fiasco of the, the Billups coaching hire, which I always say for clarification uh, before any of the Billups history had gotten brought back up to the surface. I was always on board and wanted Phillips as, as a coach. I was trying to preface my, my opinion of him with that, but Ime Adoku was somebody that a lot of Blazers fans wanted to, if we're going to give, you know, somebody a shot, give him a shot. And we've seen his, it's, it's almost like Boston is going through this just mirror image of Portland, where if you're on Boston Celtics, Twitter, I mean, you might as it might as well be blazer Twitter. It it seems, but, uh, how, how are you, how do you like dissect that dichotomy between like what's going on in Boston? What's going on here? Is it, is it all just for first year coaching woes or is this all just all these rosters have been together for too long? Well, that's funny because I I think I saw, um, uh, a, quote from Adoka last night saying that he didn't like his team's effort. And so, yeah, it's just a lot of Chauncey Billups. Um, uh, He doesn't have uh, the pedigree that Chauncey has, at least not as a player. He doesn't have the name recognition. Uh, I hadn't heard of him before he started at Boston, but he was fairly well regarded there. Uh, In terms of the parallels between the Celtics and the Blazers, uh, I think one thing you could say is that they're Uh, Similar to in Indiana, Uh, their best players are very, very similar. Uh, And so it uh, it could be um, uh, that the Brown and Tatum thing uh, just doesn't fit. You would think that having two long athletic two way wings that can shoot. Um, would be a, a multiplier instead of a detraction. And maybe it's more of a personality thing. Um, but uh, it definitely, uh, I was higher on Boston uh, than where they are now coming into the season. And, and so it may be something to, 
time to shake something up there. Maybe not a brown trade, maybe not a smart trade, um, or maybe a smart trade rather than a brown trade. Uh, that that could be uh, one option at least to look into the air, just because uh, Jason and Jalen are both very young. Uh, uh, on the other side at 30, you have the, the Blazers with, with Damon McCollum uh, on paper. Uh, that uh, duo doesn't make as much sense. I, I never thought it has. Uh, and so that, that 100% needs to be broken up. The, the jury's still out on Boston. Yeah. Some of the criticism that I see levied, you know, both at Billups and, and kind of then when I pay attention over on Celtics Twitter and, and whatnot is, you know, how, how dare these coaches come in and, you know, for lack of a better term, throw their players under the bus, or like, you know, you just referenced that Adoka quote from the other night, you know, not see an effort. Um, do you think that, you know, as the league shifts towards, you're getting a lot more former players that are head coaches that, we're going to start seeing a lot more of these, you know, not as long-term tenured coaches going down this route of being vocal about that kind of stuff. Cause I, I kind of feel as though these players are trying to carry over their cachet that they had during their playing years. And that gives them the, the quote unquote weight to say these things in press conferences or interviews or post games. And so I'm sorry, I actually don't know. Was it a Doka, a player previously? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I, I had, I hadn't heard of him. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that. So, um, uh, it, it could be, um, uh, the, uh, the former player thing. Um, uh, I mean, if you look uh, throughout history, uh, Phil Jackson for famously won a couple of titles with the Knicks. And so it, if you've been there, if you've done it, that gives you more uh, credibility in the locker room. Um, uh, in terms of uh, like calling out the players in the press, like it's one thing to hold somebody accountable uh, and it's one thing to air it publicly. Uh, and so one thing I question is that, uh, is this something that's getting to the players through the press or is the press hearing the same thing that the players do in the locker room? Uh, because one of those I think is a problem and, and the other one I'm less concerned with. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of always take it that, you know, when, when coaches are saying these things that we're hearing the lighter version of what the players are are hearing in the locker room, you know, we can't, we don't because of COVID and how that's going to change media accessibility in locker rooms and all that stuff. We can't get that verified, but I'm fairly certain if a coach these days comes out and is like, Hey, these guys aren't giving effort or we're not seeing this or we're not seeing that. And there is saying that, you know, in a public forum that there's a, a much more heated and, uh, specific version that's being said in the, in the locker room. And as far as, you know, that relates to Chauncey, we've, you know, there's been pieces written or commentary given that the players aren't necessarily shocked or surprised by things that are being said publicly and that these things are being portrayed in, in the locker room. Um, I kind of want to take something that you said and and do a a quick pivot and maybe we can, this can kind of be the discussion for the rest of this little interview, but you know, as far as players and finding stuff out in the media, Damian Lillard this year, Oh boy, him and his relationship with the media has just uh, been on a roll win (laughs) roller coaster. And I'll just kind of give you my thoughts a a little bit on it and I'll, I'll let you branch off and let me know what you think. But you know, in the past, when things have been called into question about this team or about, you know, their, their performance and their play, Damian Lillard has always been playing at an absolute height and, and the peak of his powers. And so I'm, 
I take a lot of his, you know, calling out snakes or, you know, posting. I, and I maintain, I thought that he was calling out Sean Hyken for the longest time. I did not notice Jason quick's little head back there, <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, just all of this, I think a lot of it has to do with the frustration that's boiling within himself and that this is the first year that he can't look in the mirror and say that he's doing all that he can. And, you know, so this, the team's record and, and their poor play is, is this is the first time he's found himself in this situation. So we're kind of seeing his frustrations boil through in, in these comments and, you know, how he's reacting to, you know, some of these, these negative or, or should I say realistic uh, representations through the media of, of the team? What's your, what's your take on it? I'm like 80% sure that Damian Lillard didn't ask for a trade this summer, just to spite Henry Abbott. Like that, that's <laughs> like seeing how that broke down um, uh, in uh, him uh, uh, wanting to at, at least keep the, the appearance of loyalty with Portland. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of nuts. Like I, I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan. I'm, I'm wearing a Dame Jersey right now. He's, he's my favorite player. Uh, I want him to stay in Portland. Um, but I, I remember uh, like after game five last year uh, against Denver, uh, have you ever heard of the, the metric called player score or game score? I want to say yes, but I can't do that with a hundred percent certainty. So no. <laughs> uh, and so game score is basically the, the purpose is that they boil it all down. Um, they look at uh, shooting percentage um, points, rebounds, assists, everything, and come up with a, a one number metric um, to say how good this player was in that game. Uh, if you had to guess Damian Lillard, um, uh, his performance in game five, the, the 55, uh, where do you think that would rank all time in terms of uh, playoff games? I think if I remember reading the stat correctly, he had the most efficient and highest player score of any playoff game in NBA history since the ABA CBA or since the merger. It was literally at least according to one metric, the best playoff game anyone has ever played. Um, uh, and it ended up being in a loss in the team because, uh, Norm couldn't put down the dunk and CJ stepped out of bounds. And so like, I, I can't remember being more heartbroken at, than I was that night. And I said to myself, all right, Dame, you can ask out. I, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I, I, I remember that, uh, that just gut wrenching part of that. It was like every, every Damian Lillard shot. It was me up jumping off my couch and, and screaming like a little schoolgirl. And then anytime anybody else touched the ball, I'm like, why are you doing this? Just give it to Dame. <laughs> no, it, it was incredible. I've, I've never seen her performance like it. Like, and and uh, like, honestly, he hasn't looked right since. Um, uh, I don't know if it's the abdominal thing. I, I don't know if it's adjusting to the bill up system uh, or if Chuck's right. Uh, and it just has to do uh, with, with like sort of a, a mental block, but um, uh, like that, that was a fantastic game. Um, uh, he uh, was fantastic last year. Uh, and I, uh, we keep hoping that he's going to run back into form, but, uh, now it sounds like they're talking about, um, missing games and they may be shutting him down for the season. Yeah. And I, I have long argued with, with, uh, Brandon, you know, about 
shutting down Dame and, and, and all this stuff. But I've, I found myself like over the last four or five seasons, I could have counted on one hand, the number of games that I missed uh, or missed watching or going to or whatnot. And normally those were all outside of like my, like, somebody had something planned and I couldn't miss it. You know, this year, I think I need uh, more fingers and more toes to be able to count games and, that I've missed. And it's just been, cause it hasn't necessarily been high watching on my radar. I'll follow along with some stuff, but this is the year where I'm just, I think it's a confluence of things. I think it's the abdominal injury, you know, the, 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 compacted shortened seasons that we've had over these three seasons with, with everything done over COVID. You know, I, I think I saw something where there was some stat about like the number of games that were played in the calendar year of 2021 was just insane. And, you know, then, so not a lot of rest in the off season an injury. And then now a new system, new coach. And, you know, this is, I think the organization for the betterment of it is, and again, you know, Dame, says that he hates when people speak for him, but somebody needs to get in his ear and tell him, Hey, bud, you know, if, if you shut it down and take the surgery now, you know, two and a half month recovery time that gets you back in time to ramp into shape in the off season, take a rest, you know, and, and we'll go from there. You know, the blazers, I think they currently sit at like fourth or fifth in like draft lottery odds. So we'd keep a pick, uh, you'd have to change protections that we owe with Chicago and whatnot. I'm not entirely sure if we keep it, we can turn around and try to trade it to somebody else. That's, that's smarter people's, uh, deal, uh, than me. But yeah, I think this is the year where I'm, I want to say I'm fully on board with the tank, but I'm also skeptical to call it a tank because this team appears to be tanking without trying. They just suck. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what an intentional tank looks like compared to what they're doing, you know, outside of telling Dame, like, Hey, go get a surgery. We're going to rest you. But, um, I, I think that's the best thing going forward. I mean, a lot of people say they don't want to waste Dame's prime, but you know, he's look at Chris Paul. He's still performing in, in, I would say a prime shape. And I think letting Damian Lillard take the most amount of rest that he's ever gotten would, would be beneficial to this team moving forward. Yeah, so there are like two different things there. There's the thing for Damon and the thing for the Blazers. Uh, Again, I don't know what consultations he's had with medical staff. Uh, The the eight eight to 10-week timeline there, has that been reported? Is that the supposed recovery time? Uh, I forget. It's the in-street close as a really good Twitter follow, and he's a sports Mm -hmm. medicine doctor, and he's always come out with things. But that's the average return time, uh, for getting back into, you know, being able to start doing basketball activities. I want to say is about eight to 10 weeks for that kind of injury or whatnot. But, you know, obviously if, you know, you start that now eight to 10 weeks season is still going on. You'd imagine that's just, you know, shut down for the year. So the sooner he gets it, the, the better it is per se. So, so there are a couple of things there. Um, one, uh, I think he would like another all-star birth this year. Uh, and I think that's uh, likely to happen if not based on his performance this year, just on reputation in previous years. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's the nice thing about the fan vote, uh, is they, they don't standings watch too closely. Um, uh, and then also I think he is something like, uh, 20, 25 games away from catching Drexler as the top scoring blazer of all time. Yeah. Before they sat him down again, I want to say he was projected to hit that right before or right 
after the uh, the All Star break this year. Yeah, it, it, and so uh, I, I feel like that personally for him, uh, he'll try to stick it out a little bit longer, uh, try to get a couple of more statistical feathers in his cap, which I don't have a problem with, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then uh, if the team is still sitting uh, uh, bottom five, bottom ten of the league at, at that point, I think he'll probably shut it down and get the surgery. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of the thing where like the last thing. I know he wants the recognition. I'm sure there's contract things that are tied to it and monetary stuff and whatever, but you know, the all-star nod, whatever that's, that's a player's pride thing. As far as the getting the Clyde record, I just, I don't want it to slightly ring hollow and it being like the worst season of, or the the team's worst season of Dame's career per se him getting like that empty record. I don't know. I I'd much rather prefer like, Hey, get it close. And then have that be like an opening night thing next season when we're all hopelessly filled with optimism and, (laughs) and, and, uh, and all that fun stuff. So I don't know. That'd be nice too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just if they could come out next year and, you know, opening season and, and not lose to a crappy team, uh, (laughs) and he gets the record then, you know, set, set the season off on a good note. But all right, KJ, I thank you for chatting with me uh, here for a little bit. I'll, I'll let you get out of here. I know you uh, took some time out of your lunch hour to, uh, to chat, but uh, if you uh, want to, I know you, you are part of the co-hosting uh, trio of the uh, Twitter spaces, but so if you want to chat about that and tell people where to find you and uh, get your blazers opinions uh, now is your time and space. Uh, yeah, I will, uh, go ahead and plug, uh, my buddy, Seth, uh, sheriff of PDX on Twitter. Um, we run, uh, Twitter space discussions uh, after each and every game, um, where we break down, um, uh, the game that we saw talk about the Blazers in general. And occasionally we'll get fans uh, from other teams who try to explain why we should trade name to them. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and so, uh, if you like, um, uh, talking Blazers on Twitter, uh, come join us. Um, we should have uh, our next base coming up tonight at round nine. Yeah, I've 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 popped in one or two, and uh, I I think Brandon has banned me from ever joining again because he says I talk too much and ask too many questions. <laughs> uh, like everybody's welcome. It's a uh, it's a public forum, and uh, Brandon's in there with us a lot. So, all right, well, KJ, thanks again for taking a couple minutes to uh, to join in and uh, have a good rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you again to both Ryan and KJ for jumping on the horse and making this episode happen. I did want to sneak in an editor's note, a little point of clarification to Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I did not say that you can't ever come to the spaces. I'm going to give you all a peek behind the curtain. What happened is that we had one of these post-game spaces, or maybe it's a pre-game one, I can't remember. And we were there, we're hanging out, and in comes Yahoo reporter and, you know, very famous reporter Chris Haynes, who, you know, used to work with Comcast Sports. Northwest and cover the Blazers is very close to Damian Lillard. It's pretty cool because in these spaces, Chris will sometimes come in and hang out. And he's actually said that he appreciates hearing the discourse and discussion. And every now and again, he'll actually answer people's questions, which is pretty dope. Basically what happened is that Ryan was a co-host and I just gave him a heads up to say, yo, Ryan, like, 
you should be mindful of how much you know space you're taking up and how many questions that you're asking maybe not in so many words um did it directly to him privately because look like i have to watch it myself when you have someone who is a you know a celebrity or, or you know a major reporter maybe not a celebrity but like everybody wants to ask questions and so you have to be really really mindful of how much space you're taking up and how many questions you are asking to make sure that in the limited time that they're there that everyone gets a chance to say something I did give Ryan a heads up about that, but Ryan, that does not mean you can't be in these spaces. Please come in. Like they're a super, uh, just I, they're they're super fun. It's a great way to connect with fans. And so shout out to um, KJ, who again is usually a co-host of those spaces, hosted by uh, Sheriff of PDX. You might know him as Seth and Dia Miller. Um, of the Blazers Edge podcast and of many other things, and also um, myself, although, again, audio issues have precluded me from being there as much as I would like to. Uh, if you want to reach out to any of us, please do so. You can find me at PDX. You can find Ryan at the Witty Ryan. You can find uh, KJ at playist underscore 4247. And, of course, you can find the podcast at welikeTheBlazers.com or just like the Blazers on Twitter. And please do check out those post-game spaces 15 minutes after every Blazers game prevented by presented by hoop spaces. Again, with the prevented by presented by hoop spaces. This is going really well. Uh, one take Jake sometimes is not the best friend to call over when you're doing these outros, but so be it. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening. It is good to see all of you, although I'm not seeing you at all. So it is good to know that you're listening. Oh boy. Let this just end. I really appreciate appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening and go Blazers.